Well, hello, hello. Here I am. I'm Len Tillum. I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer on the radio for 25 years. Now I'm a lawyer without the radio, but I'm still doing a show. We're podcasting. We're giving it to you on the internet, streaming audio. You know how to do it. I mean, you're listening to the show. You got to tell a friend about it. We're going to get more listeners. You get your Len Tillum fix. 40 minutes, 30 minutes, we do a show each day. No commercials, no news, nothing else. Just straight lawyer, zip, zips. You want it now, you want it fast. It's the American way. Okay, let's start this show. Ryan in Emeryville, how come you're calling a lawyer? Hey, Len, how you doing? Good, what's I've going on? A, uh, I've been a faithful employee of the best biotech company in the Bay Area for five years. And uh, a few weekends ago, um, after doing some weekend work, I decided to pull my skateboard out of my car um, because it was a wide-open campus and nobody was there. I just kind of cruised around a bit and, you know, polished my skills. And uh, about an hour later, I was surrounded by four security guards, literally four. Um, so this is a big biotech company, one of those enormous campuses, thousands of workers. Right. Go Please go on. 10,000 plus, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know about skateboarders and security guards, but we have a rivalry as old as cats and dogs, you know. So I took a little, I took the moment to uh, enjoy myself, and, and I didn't tell them right away that I was an employee. So, you know, they did the usual, oh, sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave, and this is private property. And so all of a sudden I go, bam, and I bust out my badge, and, you know, suddenly their countenance changes, and, uh, you know, they're, they're now oriented with uh, customer service. Uh, and they call us their um, uh, commanding officer, and I just asked them, I was like, hey, I'll be glad to leave if you can show me the policy that, that states that I'm not to be here, because I know that many of my fellow employees use the campus for recreation, albeit running or frisbee but or whatever. not skateboarding, right? What? I'm sorry? You're the only one you know about who skateboards on the campus on the weekends. Yes. Yeah. And, and the security guard tells me, oh, well, if, you know, if you're skating from building to building, it's okay if it's for official business, but you can't be here for recreational use. So and, what finally happened with this skateboarding business? Well, actually, so I got back... So I actually I left, you know, not wanting to cause a scene and not wanting to lose my job. And I emailed them uh, following uh, the following Monday and asked, you know, again, asking them for the official policy or, or somewhere I could find, you know, what exactly prohibited me from being on campus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they tried to give me a runaround and, and now... Wait, I but I think you're missing the issue. Okay. I, I, in the sense that if you want to come and do work on the weekend, uh -huh. nobody's going to object. Uh -huh. People come on the weekend and do work, yeah? Right. The issue is not whether or not you can be there on the weekend. The issue is whether or not you can skateboard there anytime. Yeah, That's right. more important. Right. And so, I have, I have, I have uh, coworkers who, you know, run. We have these huge stairs that go from building to building. And yeah, but running, run if you think about it, uh -huh. people run by me if I'm walking in a park or somewhere all the time. But skateboarders who go by me kind of like shake me up a little. They come up on you fast. They seem like they're out of control. They give you right. the finger when they go by <laughs> you. you. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't. It's like bicycles on sidewalks. I don't like right. bicycles on sidewalks, you know, or I'm on a, on a trail or somewhere. Right. And these guys on, you know, the mountain bikes, you're walking on a trail or you're hiking and they go by you. You don't even hear them coming. They zip by you. Right. So did they finally... Yeah, what they what tell they you. What they seem to be focusing on is there's no recreation on campus in any form. And I, and I just asked them, I told them that I feel like my particular brand of recreation is being discriminated against because my coworkers are never asked to leave. Or oh, wait, wait, let, let me talk about discrimination. It is discrimination. <laughs> they are discriminating against skateboarders. But Absolutely. Wait, wait, I got to ask you the next question. You computer sure. genius, you, you miss it in the real people-to-people -people relations. Okay. So what? It is discrimination, but so what? It is not illegal discrimination. 
You understand, you're on private property. If the owner of private property doesn't want you skateboarding there, but says Uh it's okay to play Frisbee there, they can play Frisbee there, and you don't have the right to skateboard on that property. Um, Really, um, I would not put up a fuss about this. You know, here you are, you think your rights are taken away, but skateboarding is not a protected class. If, If the guy said... Yeah, you can't be a black person or a Jew or Chinese, you know, then, then, you, then I'm taking the case. But skateboarders yeah. are not a protected class. I think it's inherently dangerous. And I don't like people skate. If I owned a big campus, I only wish, you know, with a big company. I don't want, if I was Bill Gates, nobody's skateboarding on my campus either. You got it? Yeah, I Keep got your it. job. Go get a pair of running shoes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right? Thanks a lot. Yeah, and don't give security guards mouth. Why is it today? I happen to know Ryan's 28. We talked to him before the show. 28-year-old guys, some of them, these young kids, they feel they're so entitled that as soon as somebody says no to them, they think it's a Supreme Court case and their inviolate, inalienable rights are taken away. Young and dumb, if you ask me. Deborah in San Jose. How come you're calling a lawyer? Hi, Lynn. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hi, Deborah. What's going on? I'm calling about my 85-year-old mother, Mm -hmm. um, who has been very active in her life. And two weeks ago, this past Wednesday, she was bowling. 84 years old. 84 years old. God bless her. Yeah. And she, that day, had forgotten to bring her own bowling shoes to the alley. So she rented a pair of their bowling shoes. Okay. And when she rented the pair from the woman at the counter, the woman said to her, these don't slide very well, which is kind of strange because if your shoes don't slide when you're bowling, you can't really bowl. Right. I, I mean, you know what I mean. I'm not a big bowler, but every time I've gone, you try and you know pull the ball back, throw it, and then you kind of slide across the floor there, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the- she she took the shoes, put them on, and threw her ball. And as she turned to go sit down. The shoe stuck, and my mother fell and broke her hip. Ugh, how's she doing now? Well, you know, I mean, amazingly, for someone her age, she's doing, thank God, okay. Yeah, she's got to get up and walk. You're 84 and you break a hip. The next thing that happens, if you don't walk, you wind up with pneumonia and you're underground, you know? right. So she had surgery the next day. You know, they did a partial hip replacement. Mm -hmm. and. she went off to a rehab facility where she's gotten some physical training, and she's going to be coming home. Does she live alone? She lives alone. Bring and, her into your house for a while, if you can. Well, I'm, I'm probably moving into her house God for a while. bless you. Good. Okay. She needs actively walking a lot, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. She, I think she's doing well because she's been active all of her life. Good for her. Yeah, but okay. My, my question to you is, you know, is... Is that bowling alley negligent in any way of giving people equipment that could maybe cause this to happen? Well, first of all, this isn't such a clear-cut case, you know, as it could be. Um, She'd been bowling a while with those shoes? No, this was the first time she used those shoes. How many games, how many matches had she bowled before she fell? How many games had you bowled? Oh, she's right there. There you go. Yeah, she's sitting right next to me. Okay. How many... I had bowled two, but I was not. I was not throwing the ball like I normally do because I was cautious. 
She said she had bowled two games but was not comfortable because she was worried about those shoes. Right, and what happened was she bowled, the shoes stuck, and she fell back on her behind. Is that what happened? She fell on her side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, there's a thing called assumption of the risk. If you know something could be a problem and you do it anyway, you know, for example, you assume the risk of breaking your leg when you go skiing. You know, yeah. so she knew the shoes weren't that good. And I'm guessing she doesn't even have the shoes anymore, does she? She didn't keep them. No. So if the defense lawyer for the insurance company says, what did you slip on? She's going to say, I don't know. Right. Or what did you stick on? She'll just say the shoes and she doesn't have them. Right. It's a tough case. It, it okay. really is. A t- I would talk to a personal injury lawyer, call somebody like Jim Gagan. They'll give you a better read on it. But I don't think it's a great case. Okay. You know, that's just, thank God for Medicare and it's covering the bills. You take care of her. Keep her active. Well, talk, yeah. Talk, talk I mean, to I some mean, lawyers, but, it, you know, lawyers are looking for money. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I, and I don't, I, I don't think I they... Never, I've never made a call like this before, but I was so mad. Oh, I understand. Yes. I was just beside myself. It's crazy for a a bowling alley to rent shoes that stick. Makes no sense. Tiffany. Tiffany in Los Gatos. How come you're calling a lawyer? Well, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, We sold a truck over a year ago to someone we didn't know Mm -hmm. and sent in the release of liability. Over a year later, we got a call from the sheriff saying it had been abandoned and towed. We let them know that we didn't own it anymore, uh, and they told me to call the towing company because I was still, or my husband was still listed as the legal owner. Mm -hmm. So I called the towing company. They said, you know, we were still listed as the legal owner, faxed them over a copy of the release of liability, and they said I needed to call the DMV to get the record straight called the DMV, and DMV said that they had received it uh, four days after we had, you know, sold the truck, but because uh, the person who, I guess the person who had purchased the truck came in to register it but did not have proof of insurance, they put the record on hold, and so we were still being shown as the uh, you know, as the legal owner. And you have some kind of collection agency after you now? That is correct. Yeah, skip ahead, and now we have a collection agency after us for the towing and and storage fees in the amount of $2,600. Hold on. Um, Hold on. I can help you right now. All of you, listen up. Someday you're going to sell a car, and this could happen to you. You need to know it. Tiffany, my compliments to you and your husband, you got it together and you filled out the release of liability and you sent it to the DMV as soon as you, you know, the thing attached to the pink slip as soon as you sold the car, right? And miraculously kept a copy. Yeah. Hey, who's the, who's the anal retentive one in your relationship? Yeah, that would be me. All right. But every relationship needs somebody like that. Like compliments to you. Here's what happened. You and your husband sold the car and, you know, the new owner never registered the vehicle. Right. And, I don't know whether it's not enough insurance, but you sell a car to somebody and the new owner has a suspended suspended driver's license, is an undocumented alien, doesn't have the legal right to get a driver's license. Oh, whatever reason, they can't register it. Well, they don't want to. So eventually, you know, they're not paying the tickets. Nobody knows they've got it. The car gets towed. Could have been even unpaid registration. And the way it works out, somehow the tow agency's collection agency comes after you 
because he was the last registered owner of the vehicle, right? You do not have to pay. You and your husband probably properly submitted the notice and release of liability to the DMV, and the DMV, lo and behold, another miracle today, has acknowledged receipt. So send a letter to the collection agency explaining the circumstances, include the letter or the copy of the release of liability, and put in the letter, if you keep up this illegal illegal collection activity, you're going to sue them for unfair debt collection practices. Let me give that to you again because it sounds so nice in a letter. You know, it sounds like illegal collection activity. You're going to, if they persist in coming after you, you will, with an illegal collection activity, right? That's what they're doing, illegal collection activity. You're going to sue them for unfair debt collection practices. Okay. Got it? And do the letter and, and what happens when we see it on our credit report? You can... Right to the collect, you know, like I don't know if it's TRW or Equifax, and dispute it, and it'll come off. Don't worry about. Okay. Do not spend twenty six hundred dollars. Do not give away twenty six hundred dollars. You don't have to because you're worried about your credit report. Right. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All of you do that because otherwise, someday Noah in Fairfield, how come you're calling a lawyer? Okay. In two thousand six, I got a few tickets. I well, in fact, one for um, driving on suspended license. I was in Truckee on my way to Reno. They fined me $1,800. I went to prison in 07. I found... Wait, 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 wait. No, you didn't go to prison for the ticket, did you? No, I went to prison for another matter. Okay. How long were you in prison? Uh, two years. Ugh. First time you've ever been in prison? First time. What's prison like? Tell us. Most of us have never uh, been there. What's prison like? I want to know. Well, uh, it's, it's a lot of old guys, real immature old guys, you know, playing cards and lifting weights. There's a very few, very few people who, um, you know, that that continue to live inside those walls. But the majority of the people in there, you know, they go to jail 18, they're still 40, but they have an 18-year-old mind. But there's a very few people who who move on and move past the criminal aspects of their lives and continue to seek knowledge. You know, this, I made a... A few good men in there and a, and a lot of bad dudes. And it's got to have been the worst two years of your life, right? Uh, probably the first time I went to jail was the, was the worst two years of my life. But this one, well, you know, it's prison. It's, it's real easy, bro. What you need to look out for is juvenile hall. That is, that is the more frightening. But once you get older, you know, there's not too much that can scare you, you know? Okay, so how come you're calling me? Okay, so I filled out the 41500 to clear up the tickets. Everybody else was doing it. Wait, wait. What's the 41500? It's a vehicle code where if you go to prison, any tickets you've had before you were on parole uh, or before you went to prison gets cleared up. You get time served for it. Oh, you mean vehicle code section 41500. David looked yes. it up. You can get credit for time served and wipe out your tickets, right? Or not pay the fines. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So, um... And you still can't get your license back, right? I filed it three times while I was incarcerated. Each time the judge declined it. When I paroled, I had my parole officer fill it out. I sent it in. He declined that one. We charge Yeah, how much do they want from you? I'm sorry I interrupted uh, you. The one ticket is for 1800 Then I have a, another ticket for fishing. That's like 700 bucks. fishing without a license. Here's the problem. The statute, we looked up, David looked it up, vehicle code section 41500, it says you cannot, you can't be prosecuted 
for non-felony vehicle code offenses, you know, like driving on a suspended license while you're in state prison or the California Youth Authority. So if the fines for driving on a suspended license were imposed on you, given to you before you went to prison in 2007, the judge is right. A penalty imposed before you going to prison doesn't violate the statute. The license suspension imposed on you is okay. That It's valid because they suspended your license before you went to state prison, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, because I think the suspended license convictions happened in 2006, yeah? And you yes. went to prison in 2007. Yes. Yeah. If you were convicted of driving on a suspended license only after you wound up in state prison, then 41500 is right, you know, you could, the judge would have been wrong. But I don't okay. think there's much you can do on that, all right? All right, so I just got a call. You know, here's another thing. Let me give you a little tip. I don't know if it'll work. Where's your parole officer? In Fairfield. You talk to him, and you say, look, I spoke to a lawyer about 41500 I'm doing good. I'm out of prison. I, it's hard for me to get a job without a license. Is there any way we can go into court and ask the judge to reduce or wipe out the fines? Because your parole officer wants you to have a license, he'll, you'll get a job, you'll look like a, he'll look like a hero, right? Yeah, yeah. So you talk to him, say 41500 won't work, they happened before, you know, before I was put in prison, but is there anything we can do with the judge and he might know, okay? All right. Thank you. That's it for today. Come back tomorrow for another Fixal until him. Notice, this is like a full show. If I was on the radio right now, you'd have got commercials, you'd have got the weather, you would have got phone numbers and jing. You don't need that crap. I, I mean, really, this is really, this is better than NPR because I'm not doing a pledge drive. You know, Terry Gross better watch out. I'm going to take over there. There you go. Michael Krasny, he's history. But all right, maybe not. Anyway. Please tell a friend. And, and if you're listening on iTunes, will you rate me? I'm worth five stars. You know what I mean? The more ratings I get, the more publicity we'll get, the more callers we're going to get. I'd love you to go to Facebook, put some comments up there, tell some friends, publicize the show. That's your commercial. That's what you're paying for. Nothing for nothing, sucker. Nothing for nothing. you got to get me some publicity. Drum it up. Tell some people. You like the show. We'll keep doing it. Have a good day. We'll have a new show for you tomorrow.